Section twenty two of The Prince and Betty by P. G. Woodhouse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter twenty two A Gathering of Cat Specialists. It will probably be necessary, said Smith, as they set out for Groom Street to allude to you comrade john in the course of this interview as one of our most eminent living cat fanciers you have never met comrade jarvis i believe well he is a gentleman with just about enough forehead to prevent his front hair getting inextricably blended with his eyebrows and he owns twenty-three cats each with a leather collar around its neck it is i fancy the cat note which we shall have to strike to-day if only comrade brown were with us we could appeal to his finer feelings but he has seen me only once and you never and i should not care to bet that he will feel the least particle of dismay at the idea of our occiputs being all messed up with a blackjack but when i inform him that you are an english cat fancier and that in your island home you have seventy-four fine cats mostly angoras that will be a different matter i shall be surprised if he does not fall on your neck they found mr jarvis in his fancier's shop engaged in the intellectual occupation of greasing a cat's paws with butter he looked up as they entered and then resumed his task comrade jarvis said smith we meet again you remember me nope said mr jarvis promptly smith was not discouraged ah he said tolerantly the fierce rush of new york life how it wipes from the retina to-day the image impressed on it but yesterday is it not so comrade jarvis the cat expert concentrated himself on his patient's paws without replying a fine animal said smith adjusting his monocle to what particular family of the felis domestica does that belong in colour it resembles a neapolitan ice more than anything mr jarvis manner became unfriendly say what he is want that's straight ain't it if yous want to buy a boyd or a snake why don't you say so i stand corrected said smith i should have remembered that time is money i called in here partly in the hope that though you only met me once on the stairs of my office you might retain pleasant recollections of me but principally in order that i might make two very eminent cat fanciers acquainted this he said with a wave of his hand in the direction of john is comrade maud possibly the best known of english cat fanciers comrade maud's stud of angoras is celebrated wherever the english language is spoken mr jarvis's expression changed he rose and having inspected john with silent admiration for a while extended a well-buttered hand toward him smith looked on benevolently what comrade maud does not know about cats he said is not knowledge his information on angoras alone would fill a volume say mr jarvis was evidently touching on a point which weighed deeply upon him why's catnip called catnip john looked at smith helplessly it sounded like a riddle but it was obvious that mr jarvis's motive in putting the question was not frivolous he really wished to know the word as comrade maud was just about to observe said smith is a corruption of cat mint why it should be so corrupted i do not know but what of that the subject is too deep to be gone fully into at the moment i should recommend you to read mr maud's little brochure on the matter passing lightly on from that 
did yous ever have a cat that ate beetles inquired mr jarvis there was a time when many of comrade maud's felidae supported life almost entirely on beetles did they get thin john felt it was time if he were to preserve his reputation to assert himself no he replied firmly mr jarvis looked astonished english beetles said smith don't make cats thin passing lightly i had a cat once said mr jarvis ignoring the remark and sticking to his point dat ate beetles and got thin and used to tie itself inter knots a versatile animal agreed smith say mr jarvis went on now plainly on a subject near to his heart dem beetles is fierce sure can't keep the cats off eatin dem i can't first thing you know they've swallowed em and den dey gets thin and ties theirselves into knots you should put them into straight waistcoats said smith passing however lightly say ever have a cross-eyed cat comrade maud's cats said smith have happily been almost entirely free from strabismus Days lucky cross-eyed cats is you has a cross-eyed cat and nothin don't never go wrong but say was there ever a cat with one blue and one yaller one in your bunch gee it's fierce when it's like dat it's a skidoo is a cat with one blue eye and one yaller one puts you in bad surest ting you know once the guy gave me a cat like dat and first ting you know i'm in bad all around it wasn't till i give him away to de cop on de corner and gets me one that's cross-eyed that i lifts de skidoo off me and what happened to the cop inquired smith interested oh he got in bad sure enough said mr jarvis without emotion one of de boys what he had pinched and had sent up de road once lays for him and puts one over on him with a blackjack sure that's what comes of having a cat with one blue and one yeller one mr jarvis relapsed into silence he seemed to be meditating on the inscrutable workings of fate smith took advantage of the pause to leave the cat topic and touch on matters of more vital import tense and exhilarating as is this discussion of the optical peculiarities of cats he said there is another matter on which if you will permit me i should like to touch i would hesitate to bore you with my own private troubles but this is a matter which concerns comrade maud as well as myself and i can see that your regard for comrade maud is almost an obsession how's dat i can see said smith that comrade maud is a man to whom you give the glad hand mr jarvis regarded john with respectful affection sure he's to the good mr maud is exactly said smith to resume then the fact is comrade jarvis we are much persecuted by scoundrels how sad it is in this world we look to every side we look to north east south and west and what do we see mainly scoundrels i fancy you have heard a little about our troubles before this in fact i gather that the same scoundrels actually approached you with a view to engaging your services to do us up but that you very handsomely refused the contract we are the staff of peaceful moments peaceful moments said jarvis sure dat's right a guy comes to me and says he wants you put through it but i gives him de trundown so i was informed said smith well failing you they went to a gentleman of the name of riley spider riley exactly spider riley the lessee and manager of the three points gang mr jarvis frowned dose three points they're de bad they're fresh it is too true comrade jarvis say went on mr jarvis waxing wrathful at the recollection 
what do you think dem fresh stiffs done de other night started some rough work in me own dance joint shamrock hall said smith i heard about it that's right shamrock hall got gay they did with some of the table hillers say i got it in for dem gazebos sure i have surest thing you know smith beamed approval that he said is the right spirit nothing could be more admirable we are bound together by our common desire to check the ever-growing spirit of freshness among the members of the three points add to that the fact that we are united by a sympathetic knowledge of the manners and customs of cats and especially that comrade maud england's greatest fancier is our mutual friend and what more do we want nothing mr maud's to the good assented mr jarvis eyeing john once more in friendly fashion we are all to the good said smith now the thing i wish to ask you is this the office of the paper was until this morning securely guarded by comrade brady whose name will be familiar to you de kid on the bull's-eye as usual kid brady the coming lightweight champion of the world well he has unfortunately been compelled to leave us and the way into the office is consequently clear to any sandbag specialist who cares to wander in so what i came to ask was will you take comrade brady's place for a few days how's dat will you come in and sit in the office for the next day or so and help to hold the fort i may mention that there is money attached to the job we will pay for your services mr jarvis reflected but a brief moment why sure he said me for dat excellent comrade jarvis nothing could be better we will see you to-morrow then i rather fancy that the gay band of three pointers who will undoubtedly visit the offices of peaceful moments in the next few days is scheduled to run up against the surprise of their lives sure thing i'll bring the canister do said smith in certain circumstances one canister is worth a flood of rhetoric till to-morrow then comrade jarvis i am very much obliged to you not at all a bad hour's work he said complacently as they turned out of groom street a vote of thanks to you john for your invaluable assistance i didn't do much said john with a grin apparently no in reality yes your manner was exactly right reserved but not haughty just what an eminent cat fancier's manner should be i could see that you made a pronounced hit with comrade jarvis by the way as he is going to show up at the office to-morrow perhaps it will be as well if you were to look up a few facts bearing on the feline world there is no knowing what thirst for information a night's rest may not give comrade jarvis i do not presume to dictate but if you were to make yourself a thorough master of the subject of catnip for instance it might quite possibly come in useful end of chapter twenty two read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com